anything worth accomplishing in life will come with some level of sacrifice. Mm -hmm. okay, well, you want to be a good student, you want to be a great athlete, you want to be a, you know, you know, play music, whatever. You're going to sacrifice mm -hmm. something. And, and I wrote down the things that I was not willing mm -hmm. to sacrifice. And, and that also means here's the things you are willing to sacrifice. Yeah. From the IT company, it's made right here. The stories of East Tennessee founders, creators, and builders. From the idea behind it to the impact it had on the community, their employees, and their personal lives, we're taking you behind the scenes of the movements they built. Hey, welcome back. Today we've got episode two with my friend Neil Kuntz of Healthcare Receivables Group and other things like Vienna Coffee, the coffee shop uh, down at Riga Square. Uh, this episode is really cool. You're going to hear a lot about how Neil has given back to the community and how he's just found ways to be involved and quite quietly too. Um, really how he worked hard on just really focusing on not letting the business negatively impact his kids and uh, and how he's really made sure they also understood what he does and how he does it and why he does it. And just his big, uh, his big focus on just hustle. You'll hear that a lot in both episodes. He just realized he's always had to hustle and work hard. We say a lot, showing up is half the battle, and really the other half is, is hustle, working hard. So you're going to enjoy this episode. So the company I was working for um, sold. Okay. And uh, can, you, can you tell us the name of it? Or yeah, no? it was Ingram and Associates. Ingram and Associates. And, okay. and, um, and so when they sold, I guess some of my first indicators were uh you know they started looking at our client base and hey, these people kind of fall below a threshold we're probably gonna just tell those people to find mm -hmm. another service provider and just some different thing we i was going to become part of a business unit that had about eight thousand employees and so here i am i'm 30 years old and i'm thinking you know it'll take them 10 years to even learn my name yeah what what kind of uh you know what kind of opportunity is there there to advance in a company that big and I just you know bureaucracy to me you know hell on earth would be working for the government or something like that yeah. I mean, I just, I just, you know that you're an entrepreneur it's just like get out of my way I'm a maverick I don't need a bunch of rules and, uh, all the stereotypical things you think about the entrepreneurial people so um, so I had a friend uh, I had gotten involved right out of college I actually got out of school and two months later I went to my very first professional uh, associational meeting for my industry called Healthcare Financial Management Association, okay. HFMA. And HFMA is this thread that's kind of gone through my whole career. Mm. And so I met a lot of great people. Um, and one of them was the CFO at Thompson Cancer Center. Mm. And uh, so while all this was going on, and she said, uh, hey, I got some guys here in town that have a business kind of similar. It's never taken off. And uh, they're trying to spin it off. And mm. so I want you to talk to them. And so one thing led to another. And so we started, there were four employees and uh, I joke, I'll date myself, but I had Murphy Brown secretary. So you know, I had this one, it was some bad, it was, some bad. Uh, it was not a stellar group of people. Yeah. And, and we started from there. Huh. And, wow. uh, but it really, you know, my desire was never, I'm gonna do this because I really wanna make a lot of money mm -hmm. or I wanna you know, create a huge company or whatever, it was, the people that, that I have served for the last seven years in my industry that have been my clients, 
they're they're getting shortchanged. That's here. the one that got cut off. Yeah. And you picked those yeah. up. And I'm like, went after that yeah, and I'm like, huh. they're 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 getting shortchanged here. Interesting. Somebody has told them that they're not as important as somebody else and, mm. and they need our service because yeah. that's key to what they do. Yeah. And so, you know, I wasn't able to immediately just begin calling on a lot of those people. Yeah. Uh, you know, did the right thing, but uh, so we slowly started building the business. The first four years, uh, we moved twice, and just because we just kept growing and growing, and then we moved to a building over on Dean Hill, and it had four suites of about 2,500 square feet each. Mm. And so we started out in one, you know, one quadrant of the right. upstairs. <laughs> then we took over the the whole upstairs, and then we took over three. You know, mm. And so we just had this progression in about the next five or six years, where we ended wow. up with about 10,000 square feet of, huh. of space. Has it always been an all day charger? Uh, no, okay. it first started as uh, R&B, Receivables Management okay. Bureau, okay. that's what we uh, named the company. So, and then uh, when I split with my partners about in 2007, that's when I, that's when I changed their name. Yeah. yeah, and I had a three-year-old at home, and then that first year, Jamie got pregnant with our second. And so, you know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a great time yeah. starting a business. And, what uh, year was that? That was in 1993. Oh, wow. uh, it's funny, I started the company in January of 93, and uh, Ned Ray McWhorter, mm -hmm. uh, on his way out of office, dropped TenCare on his desk. And so immediately, that's our industry has always just been, our, my, our biggest challenges in my business have always been external issues. Mm -hmm. And, and things just outside like that. of your control. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so you know, here ten cares being inactive, yeah. no one knew what that was going to do for right. the industry, and yeah. you know, it would have been easy to say, "Oh, that's going to change things yeah. forever." You know, everything that we do is is sort of reimbursement based, and, mm -hmm. and it's about you know liquidating receivables and things so, like that. So, so at a high level, you help practices, hospitals, yeah, hospital. collect the the income yeah, yeah. That so they, the, yeah, so so if we so we have you know you've seen our office, you mm -hmm. know, it's like a call center. Mm -hmm. So we have people calling insurance companies. We have uh, even if it's a self pay patient, you may be reaching out to them. We're dropping patient statements, mm -hmm. the whole the whole deal. Mm -hmm. and we're using a lot of technology mm -hmm. along the ways. But uh, what what do you you know? So ninety three. So we're talking yeah, 20, I had a word processor called Mr. Technology. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Think we're about talking that. 28 years ago. So yeah. What still drives you? What is it that you uh, You know, it's different. It's not the same as it was back then. Back mm -hmm. then I was building something. It's a, there's a, and, and when I talk to people like us, there's a common thread too where you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. I honestly think if I had known some of the consequences <laughs> of failure, I probably would have been just so paralyzed yeah. with fear that I would have never done it. There's mm -hmm. a part of it where you're just like, man, I'm going to put my head down. I'm going to go hard. Yeah. I'm going to surround myself with good people. I'm going to try to lead every day by serving people well. If I take care of the people that I'm serving, then in turn, it'll come back mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. And so, you know, you just, and, and we still do that. Mm -hmm. And you know, I mean, for the last yeah. 10 consecutive years, our company has been listed as one of the best companies in our industry. Wow. And I'm proud of that. Yeah. That's that that is not a reflection on me. It's a reflection on a culture mm -hmm. that we've built that says, man, there's 6,500 people in this country that do what you do. Mm -hmm. And about 40 of them, you know, get to, get to put this yeah. logo on their letterhead. Yeah. And, um, hmm. and so part, I think it's changed and, um, and maybe it's a maturation kind of thing, but now you know, I get a lot of joy out of watching people be successful. Mm. I get a lot of joy out of, um, knowing that I've had people that have worked there for 20 or 25 years that 
they are serving our clients well, and in turn, we've provided a yeah. great place to work for mm-hmm. them to provide for their families. So, I mean, it just kind of all comes together. Well, I think about you know, just two people that I interact with, you know, being Bonnie and Jeremy. Yeah. Um, those are people who have come up yes. you know, and grown into leadership roles and yeah. now have a lot of <clears throat> autonomy and authority and ability to lead, and, and uh, that's a big deal. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, Jeremy is, uh, <clears throat> Jeremy had, a, uh, had his MBA and a law degree when we first started talking. And, and and I said I really don't know what <laughs> what would I do with but you. But I know that I know that when I see somebody like you, I want you on my team. Yeah, and cool. so I hired him, and he was willing to take a chance. And he started out in a role uh, that was probably uh, beneath his abilities. Mm. And he learned that business really quickly. And now, I mean, he for all practical purposes, he he runs the day to day operations. Yeah. I try to stay out of his way. He's much smarter than me about things. And. Uh, He's a good one. Yeah, yeah, and Bonnie's the same way. Yeah. I get, and you know, I have people sometimes that say, "Hey, so and so and so and so, they're the most wonderful." And, and my first response is, "I know you only deal with a handful of people, but I promise you, we've got a bench yeah. like that. Yeah. There's a bench of people that are yeah. just like that. Cool. And once you get to know them, they are sharp, yeah. sharp people." Yeah. So. What do you think? Can you, can you, now kind of thread, like, the way that you were influenced? As a kid growing up, do you oh, yeah. see how that's, how, yeah. how do you think that's really influenced you as what you're doing? Yeah, that's, that's a great question, and um, it's great, uh, I think, to reflect on it, because the things that were instilled in me when I was young, number one, you know, you got to hustle. I don't care. I, I might not be the smartest person in the room, but nobody's going to outwork me. Yeah, and and I, even at my age, um and that, that's not a badge. I'm not saying like, oh, I put in 14 hours just when you put in eight. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying I'm going to do what it takes to get things done. Yeah. And so that's part of it. And I learned that as a kid. I learned that from my parents. I learned that from knowing that, hey, if you're ever going to have anything, you better get out and you know, you, you know, split wood after after school every day so you can earn 100 bucks or whatever it is yeah. from the neighbor, you know, those kind of things. Secondly, um, I think the other thread is, you know, my family just sort of had this, um, you know, if, you, if your family has a theme, my family is probably like, you know, frugality, mm. you know, not yeah. just, um, you know, they were just never extravagant you about things. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm, I'm all, you know, with our, with my business, I believe that there's we don't need a lot of waste. I want to be somewhere that represents who we are, mm-hmm. and that extra money or whatever comes from that, I want to be able to do things with it. Yeah. You know, one of the great things about having good people that are like minded when COVID hit last year, and I'm saying this to brag on our folks, not on me or even the company in general, but you know, we, we began to have a lot of our clients that are, of course, they're hospitals. And COVID was just, you know, mm-hmm. it was, it was ravishing a lot of their employees. And so they had employee, COVID employee funds set up mm-hmm. and things like that. And so Jeremy and I sat down and, and we said, okay, what are the meetings we're not going to go to? Mm-hmm. Where are the places I'm not going to be traveling to? What are the, the corporate sponsorships we're not going to have this year? Because everything's about to lock down. Yeah. Okay, and then what's, what's the dollar amount of that? All right, now let's take that and let's write checks mm-hmm. to all these hospitals That's that we awesome. do work with. To support their employee COVID relief funds, wow. and you know I love the fact that um, that number one we can do that that we don't have to answer mm. to some board of directors yeah. that's, that you know if we're a publicly held company or something, 
um, and that that we in our own way um, can choose to this yeah. is this is what we do and you know that I mean I, mm-hmm. one of the greatest things about having a business is it gives you the luxury to support things yeah. and and to in our community and, in our, and particularly in our industry mm-hmm. where you're able to be generous um, yeah. with things and um, and even our employees I started. 28 years ago, I guess. Yeah. Every Christmas, we would just have a, what I call just a Christmas bonus. Mm. And we would do longevity and we do all those mm. things. And we just give every, in December, we'd have a little office party. We'd all have a nice lunch. And then everybody would get it's a check. Yeah. yeah. And the check wasn't the same for everybody. Yeah. If you'd been there for 10 years, you're getting more than right. the person that just started last month. Yeah. And uh, and now it's kind of a hybrid between a production thing and tenure and all yeah. that. But every year mm-hmm. um, awesome. we do that yeah. yeah and i'm thankful we've been able to what what if you know in whatever comfort level you have in answering this question but what do you think's been the hardest like 28 years yeah it hasn't all been like uh it hasn't no. been a hockey stick for 28 years and no. what, what would have been the hard things no and what have they i, taught I think you? the things that you can't control are always the hardest things mm-hmm. The things you can control, you know, if you're losing money, you can find ways to yeah. reverse things. You can, you don't have good staff, you can find ways to hire mm-hmm. good people. But when you know the industry says, "Oh, well, guess what? There's something called HIPAA mm-hmm. coming out," or right now the CFPB is doing this Reg F thing. I mean, all these along the way, there are always external threats mm-hmm. to your business. Those. 90% of all the challenges I've had in business, hmm. unfortunately, have come from external threats. Interesting. Like wow. Yeah. And it's just, you just have to adapt. Yeah. And sometimes they erode profit. Right. Sometimes they cause you just to have another layer of bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know that. Thank God, you know, you guys are such a good business partner to us. But, but you know, just encryption. Yeah. I can remember the good old days where you could just send patient information yeah. to anybody. <laughs> and now you got to, oh, what's yeah. my password for yeah. that hospital? Yeah. I got to go to a spreadsheet yeah. and figure it's out how to open that it's document. Gotten... The, the more, the, the better access we have, the harder it is all to yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sure. But I think, you know, I uh, I had two business partners when I, I first say, started. I was the details. How, yeah, how it was, was good. That, you know, I don't have, I don't have, there's no ill will, no hard feelings. They, they were both, one was about 10 or 12 years older than me. One was nearly 20 years older than me. And one of them was sort of a, 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 a you know, I would say, the old school term silent partner, but he was anything but silent. Uh, and the other was a was a guy that I had had another business with. We started a business together in Atlanta in uh, 1998, ran it for about four or five years. And so when that wound down, I invited him to yeah. come and join us as right. our COO. And so they we got to the point where they just had some different, you know, I think in business, um, what's your exit strategy? Mm-hmm. Uh, and their exit strategy was they were getting of the age where they wanted some kind of payday. Yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah. yeah. And so it was different. I didn't, I didn't want that. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to continue to serve our clients. Your well. interests were no longer alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, my comments to them were: I go out, I see our clients, I sit down with them face to face. There's, there's years of trust and relationships there, and you guys make one false move and create problems for us as a company. They don't know who you are. Yeah, they're they're yeah. gonna look at me and say, "How'd you do this? Why'd right. you do this?" Yeah. All that. And so, um, obviously, I've never been through a divorce, but people tell me that you know, splitting up an asset that Sorry. large and things like that that it's akin to that. And and it was. I would say that they were both. Um, 
they were both uh, fairly good about it, yeah. considering the magnitude of what yeah. we were dealing with. Yeah. It's hard, man. It's funny. I mean, I, I was talking to a, a relative of mine about this. Like, it's it is. It's like a it's like a divorce. You yeah, know? and that's why, like, you know, the operating agreement's like a prenup. Yeah, you right. Know? You need to lay that. I would tell anybody that's starting a business to tell them all the time. Like, if you're gonna have partners. You gotta think about this stuff. That's right. You yeah, start with how you gonna do it. Yeah, because because yeah. it that you know the the term you said. Everybody will exit. Yeah. It's just a matter of how you're gonna exit. Yeah. We're gonna pass away one day if we're still in our business. That's right. an exit. That's you right. Know, we're gonna something's a trigger. We're gonna leave it to our kids. That's an exit. We're gonna sell it to somebody. That's yeah. an exit. You need to yeah. figure out what that looks yeah. like. We're gonna break up as partners. That's an yeah. exit. You gotta yeah. figure that out. Well, it's, you know, it, as as men, I think we're we're more akin to this. Yeah, we go we go to look at cars. You know, the first thing we want to know is how fast it goes. Yeah. You know, no one ever says how quick does it stop. Right. <laughs> what kind of braking exactly. system is on exactly. this? Tell uh, me about the airbags. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but you have to be. Yeah. You know, you have to be. You know, you have to be looking ahead. Yeah. So it, all in all, you know, I, I, I term in my world and in my life that we were unequally yoked as mm -hmm. business partners, yeah. and so by coming out of that relationship, it really gave me a new, uh, a new kind of perspective huh. on. Hey, I, while I don't have really, you know, it's not a, we're not a publicly traded company or anything, but I did have two other people's interests that yeah. I needed to yeah. to consider. Now I don't. Yeah. I don't. That's and, interesting. Um, yeah. That's good. So it gives us a certain amount of freedom in that. How, um, how has building this thing affected you, your marriage, and your kids? Oh, how, how do you think that's positively, yeah. negatively? Um, think? I, I think there's probably, you know, in, in, in reflecting on it, I would, I would say, um, you know, probably that question should be asked to my family. I hope, I hope I have not, um, you know, negatively impacted him. One of the one of the things when again one of these you look back and you say I don't know how I had the foresight to do that, but when I started my business, I really um, I, I was I'm always been a person that's you know like a goal setter. Mm -hmm. and, you know, strategic planning is kind of like mm -hmm. how I'm wired. I, I don't worry about today. I'm looking like, where mm -hmm. are we going? I'm driving the bus. Mm -hmm. you, you do your job. I'm, I'm right. worried about the destination. And and I said to myself back then, um, any anything worth accomplishing in life is going to come with some level of sacrifice. Yeah. I don't care what it is. Right. You want to be a good student. You want to be a great athlete. You want to be a, you know, you know, play music, whatever. You're going to sacrifice mm -hmm. something. And and I wrote down the things that I was not mm -hmm. willing to sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And and that also means here's the things you are willing to sacrifice. Yeah. And so um, you know I'm not a great golfer because I never I never <laughs> I, I couldn't work all week and then go spend right. four or five hours on a Saturday yeah. away from my family. Yeah. Now I'm not I'm not you know casting shade on guys that sure. do that. Yeah. I'm just saying that was something that like I'm not uh, to some degree my health. Mm -hmm. You know I used to be a 150 pound swimmer. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh too hard. <laughs> Listen, I, I, but, I feel, I understand. But there were things, and I said, these are the non-negotiables. I'm not going to destroy my family, mm -hmm. meaning I'm not going to, you know. Lose your marriage. You know, yeah. and, and I want to be, uh, you know, I want to be a good dad. Mm -hmm. And so I think where I probably did it wrong is I had some very high highs and some very low lows. Mm -hmm. And so um, while I worked a lot, I never, I never missed my boys' yeah. sporting events. Yeah. In some cases, I coached them, but yeah. I don't care if the world was on fire. I mean, if they had a ball game at five thirty, I was in the stands, and so I wasn't going to jeopardize those things. But you know, I could, I could be gone all week, yeah. and my wife's raising kids. And yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, on the road or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so then we would, 
and and I'd always, you know, my family we love travel. I was always, I mean, mm. since a kid. Maybe it was the Sir Edmund Hillary and John Cousteau. <laughs> yeah. You know, I loved, yeah. I loved exploring. I loved yeah. my parents. Um, another one of the great gifts they gave to me was when I was 17 years old. I was taking German in my high school, and uh, I came home and I said, uh, "Guess what? There's an exchange program. I could go to Germany and live all summer with a family. All we'd have to do is I can't remember today. It's 428 dollars <laughs> for a round trip ticket to Frankfurt." And so I raised 200 and my parents paid the other really? 248 and I went to Germany and lived. Wow. So it, cool. it just ignited in me yeah. this passion for travel, yeah. exploring the world. And so with my kids, it was that way. Jamie and I both decided, um, hey, you know, we want our kids to have a good worldview. Mm -hmm. So we've been to Africa, we've been to China, mm -hmm. uh, we've been wow. to South America. We've been places where they can look around and say, wow, we're blessed. Yeah. That's this cool. is not, you know, most yeah. of my friends get out of bed every day worried about losing weight. These people get out of bed every day looking for food. Mm. You know, it's a different perspective yeah. wow. of what it's like. So, so some of those things about every five years, I would save my pennies and, uh, and, uh, that literally because my dad, when I was growing up, we'd go to Panama city down, 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 down you grew yeah. up on the coast. Yeah. We'd go to Panama city every year. And my dad would always put his change in this little thing on his dresser. Mm. And every year that was our gas money to go to the beach. That's awesome. And so I would say, you know, I'd put money away and about every five years we would take one of these trips oh. when, our, when our boys were growing up yeah. and we'd be gone for, you know, 10, 14 days awesome. and we'd go travel the world mm. and see how other people live. And what are they doing now, your boys? Uh, my oldest son is in, um, in Dallas and he just got a, another promotion. He's 31 and he's like a senior director of, of national sales for Georgia Pacific. Wow. So he has done great. He's been out of school wow. for eight years now and he's just been killing it. That's His awesome. wife is just wonderful, equally talented. She works for uh, Southwest Airlines and mm -hmm. government relations. Mm -hmm. So she was, a, she was a politician, Her worked in politics in Austin wow. and helped with campaigns and everything. And now she works for Southwest Airlines. Wow. Uh, and uh, so they live in Dallas. And then our younger son, uh, thought he wanted to do business, and then he ended up uh, going to the CIA in New York and becoming a chef. And yes, so he yes, is yes. a chef uh, yeah. in uh, in Charleston, in Charleston, South Carolina. Great place to be a chef. And uh, he works for a famous guy over there named Mike Lotta, who owns a restaurant wow. called Fig. And uh, so he's he's working a lot. Awesome. Talk about hard work. Yeah, yeah. all day. I want to know a little bit too. Like you, um, you know, part of doing this is to to tell stories and to expose yeah. others to to businesses in town and inspire them and, and help see the way that we're shaped and how that shapes us. But uh, one of the things I really, you know, as we've gotten to know each other over working together, I had no idea really until probably the last four or five years how involved you are in the community without, mm -hmm. I think, anybody knowing. <laughs> that's that's, that's Which is probably the way you like <laughs> that's it. That's the plan. You know, but, yeah. you know, and that, I assume... That is a byproduct of being able to, to like, of building your business yeah. and HRG and all this. Yeah. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about what you Yeah, doing? I'll tell you where it starts from. Years ago, I made a promise to myself that um, on, on my Outlook calendar, I color code the things mm -hmm. that I do. And, and so I know what's business. I know what's related to church and mm -hmm. other things that I do, you know, in regards to my faith. And then I know what's in my community. Yeah. And so when I open my outlook and I look at it, if it's not a pretty diverse looking calendar, mm. if it's not the rainbow of all the shades, <laughs> then I'm failing. If I look at it and it's all red, which means travel, yeah. or black or gray, or things are business related, 
then then I'm, I'm kind of yeah. out of balance. And so when I look at those things and I see that I've got a three day trip with my wife somewhere, or I've got a board retreat, or you know leadership in Knoxville, yeah. or boards and things like that, um, to me it's important. My, uh, you'll love this. So my my mom, or, uh, you, you just heard how we grew up. Yeah. I mean the closest thing we had been to a horse is probably the the. Uh, you know, the one you put the quarter in at the, at the grocery <laughs> store. My mom was the chairman of the Brentwood Horse Show. Now, you know what Brentwood is like yeah, now. Well, yeah. back in the day, it wasn't like that. But my mom, as a volunteer, mm -hmm. ran the Brentwood Horse Show one year when I was a kid. Wow. And again, we didn't own horses. Yeah, we did. <laughs> but that was my mom's heart. My yeah. mom was a servant. She, cool. she loved, uh, she was involved in her industry yeah. and things like that. And I think your parents model stuff like yeah, that. And sure. so I've always, I'm, I'm, of course, under the opinion that, you know, to whom much is given, much mm -hmm. is expected. Yeah. And, and that's not, I, that's, when you look at your resources and you take inventory of your life, there's money and there's time and there's talent. Yeah. Yeah. And and your talent, I love meeting with, not because I have all the answers, not because I, but sometimes just because I have gray hair, to meet with younger business guys to yeah. help them understand stuff. Yeah. And to and I learn from them. It's, yeah. not, it's not one way. Right. I'm not there from the standpoint, hey, I got all the answers, here you go, let yeah. me just you know get out your pen. Huh. It's not that. It's a kind of an iron sharpens iron yeah. thing. Uh, but the other part of that is, is yeah, you do, you do have resources. Uh, financial resources where you can support great things that go on in our city yeah. and we're here man yeah. the book of jeremiah tells us you know when you're when they were exiled go and seek yeah, the peace and the city. prosperity of your city yeah. and wherever that you seek those things you you'll experience those things too yeah. well we live here i want knoxville to be the greatest yeah. city in in the state of tennessee and shame on me if i just build my own bank account yeah. versus investing back into my community. So, uh, what else? Are, you the, are you in the Leadership Knoxville board? Uh, no, but I'm in the Leadership Knoxville class for 2022. Yeah. Okay, so you're on the LK this year. That's yeah, cool. LK. And then uh, I'm, on the, I'm just starting my second year with Knoxville Inner City Kids Outreach okay. with Michael and Bill Clark and Janice. Kiko. Tommy Horst. Yep. Yeah, that's Tommy's right. Yeah, Tommy's Tommy's our board chair yeah, right now. He's, he's, yeah. yeah, and uh, still on the board for the Knoxville Fellows. <clears throat> Better for about six years. Yeah, uh, just a lot of other little things. I like to Vienna. support. Tell mm -hmm. tell us about that a little bit because that's an interesting. Little yeah, thing that yeah, that's really done. one of those kind of faith and work things. You know, the uh, Vienna Coffee Shop was in the Regis Building, and um, uh, John Clark, who founded Vienna in Maryville, is just a super guy really smart um, and uh, and so he, he had some other interests that he was getting into and so uh, having been on, on Chris's board for Knoxville mm -hmm. Leadership Foundation we had bought the Regus building we were doing all the stuff there setting up the Alliance for Better mm -hmm. Nonprofits and, yeah. and Jerry Askew came in and all that so all these moving parts and we said hey there was uh, why, don't, why don't we try to develop this this you know this um, hospitality piece of the building there where the old restaurant was and so uh, John Clark gave it a run for about a year. And then, and so I put together, well, I had been meeting with a guy named Mark Ashley, uh, who's just a super guy. And he and his family had been called to Greece as missionaries from a church out west. And uh, he and I had been meeting on a regular basis trying to start it. And our idea was, rather than everybody just write a check every year, you know, here you go, here, mm -hmm. we're going to support some. I'm of the opinion, probably as an entrepreneur and, and you know, in, in incorporating my faith is, let's create an economic engine. Mm -hmm. you know, this economic engine can continue to throw off revenue 
that can support things much longer than we can. Yeah. And it's like building a fire. Once it gets started, then we mm -hmm. can heat some more yeah. fuel on it, and then it even gets mm -hmm. bigger and bigger. But it's a multiplicative kind of thing mm -hmm. rather than just write the check, and next year somebody's back asking for another check. Yeah. And so, uh, put, and Chris, of course, Chris Martin was very involved in all this, and he was, mm -hmm. and so we, we had this opportunity to come up, and, um, and so we, we bought the coffee shop. Mm -hmm. Just, just in time for COVID last year. <laughs> and there's 10, there 10 partners. Busy. Yeah, it was. Uh, I stopped by there on yeah. my way here, too. Yeah, and uh, we're, we're grateful for the community that's been. But, you know, the Knoxville Rescue Mission's a block and a half away. Yeah. And we've we've really are committed to, um, in our operating agreement, it's drawn up that we will never take any profit from mm. that restaurant. Mm the coffee shop yeah. and so that's our intent it's not a money it, while it is a for-profit enterprise right. it's not intended for the shareholders for right. the partners to yeah. right. any money that so we give lots of discounts to local ministries in town we support mm. people that are in ministry and so last year even though um you, know, you look at our financials they're not great you know we we, we gave away probably twenty thousand bucks to, awesome. to to different ministries yeah. here in town but but what it's, it's kind of like a donor advised fund. You know, everybody mm -hmm. write your check. You're never going to see a return. Right. Not a financial return. Maybe a kingdom return, mm -hmm. but not a financial return. Mm -hmm. And some of the greatest, two, the two guys I mentioned, Wes Evans and, and Terry Delaney, they're two of the guys. Uh, uh, Mike yeah. Hatcher. Yeah. I know Adam Slight mentioned, yeah, mentioned yeah, Mike yeah. And, yeah. and Glenn Sumner. Uh, I mean, we've just got, we've That's really cool. got some great people. I think when the, hopefully when the, the, Food hall opens up. It's going to yes. really impact you guys in a we really hope. positive way too. We hope. There's a lot of good there. stuff going on in yeah, that area. Awesome. We were way out ahead of it, and we've been yeah. waiting for it to yeah, catch yeah. up. I've got some depthy questions. All right. See. Oh man! If you could make an impact in any way in the next twenty years, <sighs> what would be the way wow. that you would want to? What would be not the Neil legacy, right, but like right. just the, the like if, if yeah. you you HRG your family anything yeah. like what what impact would you want yeah. to make well i think selfishly i would i would start and say you know with my family we, we don't have grandkids yet but i think one of the greatest um opportunities we have is to you know for the next generation and that starts with your own family mm -hmm. yeah you know, we can all get so busy and I, I worried about that when my boys were growing up i never wanted to because of doing youth work at our church and everything i never wanted to say man i, I spent a lot of time raising other people's kids mm -hmm. and what am i what am I not doing with yeah, my own family? And so it comes back to that is that I want to do I want to do uh, first uh, if we if we have grandchildren and, and you know continue to 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 help our own children. Um, I, I think my focus as I get older has been more about our city. Mm. I don't know what that means. Yeah. Uh, I'm not you know running for mayor or anything, yeah. but I <laughs> but I but I do feel like uh, and, and leadership Knoxville has been a good mm. you know already has stirred a lot of that interest. Um, my passion is this marketplace ministry thing. I yeah. think the best way to change a city is to have uh, this undercurrent of people in our community that are business leaders mm. that are modeling and are impacting the people that they have under their purview yeah. every day. Uh, I read something recently that said that 70% of all Americans deal with ethical and moral issues purely from their business. So that's where they're getting their advice. 70% of people, yeah. they look to their people yeah. either at business, the owners of their business, mm. or other yeah. internal yeah. factors yeah. around them at their business to help lead them. And, that, and that's, wow. 
So what an opportunity to speak into people's yeah. lives there. So, uh, you know, you can't start enough businesses, you can't hire enough people, but you can kind of multiply yourself. Mm -hmm. um, Wes Evans, and I mentioned Wes and I have started these, uh, these cohorts for um, uh, uh, group studies. And we've had 50, we've had about 52 people go through it since May. Wow. Um, yeah. And so they're just small, 10 week cohorts where people get together, business people. Mm -hmm. uh, they work through a book together and uh, have discussions about, yeah. you know, basically, how do you be salt and light? Right. Every day you've been entrusted with your vendors, people who work yeah. for you, the guy in the cubicle next to you, whatever. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do with that? <laughs> so, I, you that. know, the, what I, again, what I love about this is like learning about all the successes and failures and kind of ups and downs along the way. So we all learn a lot from success and learn a lot from failure in your life. Would you say looking back, like failure has influenced me more or success has influenced me more? I've learned more and grown more out of success or out of failure. Yeah, I definitely think I've grown more out of success. I've, I've, I've had failures, everybody has failures, but to me, failures are just obstacles. I've never had a sustained failure. Mm -hmm. To me, that's a big difference. Yeah. I mean, I had failures every day. I, I shouldn't have eaten what I had sure. for lunch or whatever, right? <laughs> but, but, you know, when you create patterns yeah. and, and you have trends of failure, that's something that's going to influence your life. To me, failure is a bump in the road. Mm. Uh, success is a lot harder to deal with. Mm. Than, and, and you learn. You learn about yourself. You learn yeah. about character. It's hard to... Um, I think when I was in my 40s or so, you know, sometimes it's easy to think you're on, you know, you're just uh, unstoppable mm -hmm. or you're, you know, hey, I'm Superman, I can do this or that. And um, if you're not careful, you really get yourself in trouble. Yeah. Uh, and so it, it, success causes you to really, you know, take a hard look at yourself mm -hmm. and, and ask how you're going to handle it. Yeah. What are you going to do? I always always talk about, you know, from a faith perspective, you know, God's entrusted me with stuff. Am I going to get out of bed every day and build my bank account? Or am I going to build his kingdom? Mm. You know, am I going to influence yeah. people to follow me? Or am I going to inspire people to follow him? What yeah. if, and the list just goes on. So when you put things in perspective, what's your aim every day? Yeah. And when you take yourself kind of off the throne of all these other things, it, it does give you a good perspective yeah. of, hey, look, I'm I've been given a, a unique platform here. Mm. Now, what am I going to do with mm. it? Things are going to outlast me. Money's going to, everything's going to burn one day. It's not yeah. going to matter. Uh, I love some of these guys, you know, you know, Bill Gates, people like that. I'm not necessarily the guy, but how they're like, hey, I'm giving away all my money. My kids don't need more than a yeah. million bucks or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever. But, they, but they're smart enough to know, yeah. like, I'm not going to ruin yes. my children. Yeah. And, and, what I love about my kids is I feel like if there's any success I've had in them is that we've instilled in them the tools to repeat what they've mm, witnessed. That's good. And that's important. Yeah. If somebody's just along for the ride and they look at you and they can never connect what you've mm. got with how they achieved that themselves, that's a problem. Yeah. But when they see what you've got and they see what the sacrifices you made to earn it and what it took you mm. to earn it, and then they translate that for their own lives, then all of a sudden they have hope. Yeah. They say, man, I can that's do good. the same thing. Yeah. Might not look the same, but I can do the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, that's a better way to end. All right, that was a ton of fun. I think in the first episode, I can't remember now, but did you catch the fact that he went to school with Pam Tillis, Mel Tillis's daughter, uh, which is really fun. And really also one of the things I really want to remind us is like how those decisions that our parents or that we make as parents can make a big impact. His parents' decision 
to send him different to a different school really set him down a trajectory that, that frankly changed his life and changed the life of generations. So it's really cool how these decisions we make as parents and as individuals have massive lasting impact. So thanks for listening. Next episode coming up soon. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.